Some people say How do you How or why do you Worship like this two reasons <laughs> I know what he has forgiven me of and I now know how much I'm loved see it's not really more complicated than that See, what I have is revelation of a relationship. What these people who you see pushing everything in the peripheral to the sides and all they see is the beauty of Jesus in front of them. That causes them to open up their chest and to give him everything. All their affection, all of their worship, all of their love. And I assure you that this is not to put on a show for anyone else. See, it's what happens to a person on earth in the natural when they fall in love with someone. And all of a sudden, everybody's looking at you and they can tell you're in love. But you really aren't worried about them being able to identify that reality because you are so caught up in the person that's in front of you. You're so in love. You're so in love with this person that their mess is beautiful to you. <laughs> How can I look at my wife and not love every part of her? Jesus is so in love with you that those places that have left stretch marks on your body, he loves. And women who have had children, you can understand that reality. See, a husband doesn't view that as imperfection. He looks at that as honorable and beautiful because he's so in love with you. You guys just stay here and you guys just sit down because we're not gonna really move away from this moment that I feel.
first chapter of the Song of Solomon says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. You want to know how Jesus, how intimate Jesus wants to be with you? He wants you to feel his lips press up against your body. You're like, dude, where are you going with this? I'm going there. Because the other stuff isn't working. The other form of religion isn't working. Because I still see those same people living an untransformed life. When he, when you make yourself available to him to say, I wanna, I want you to know me. And he's going, I know you already. He's saying, I want you to know me. He said, I already know everything about you because I created you, I formed you, I breathed life into you. But I want to get close enough to you to where you can begin to enter into the mystery of how I see you. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. Why is his love more delightful than wine? Why would that comparison even be placed there? Because see, humans use wine to make themselves feel fine. Come on, somebody. Act like you ain't had some. I don't know what pee hoppers are up in here tonight, but I know my crew. Last time I checked, you popped the top to celebrate. You use wine to bring joy. You bring wine to the table when you want to celebrate. And, and what happens whenever you begin to get a little bit too much wine in your system? Well, you all of a sudden just come alive. <laughs> it's like you're a whole other person. Like, are you just saying things and just you just you're not a dancer but all of a sudden you don't mind dancing i went to a wedding a few weeks ago man it was like these country boys didn't need to be singing and dancing but after enough beer boy they didn't mind singing and dancing with the best of them see that intoxication they he bring, he's saying my love my when my love begins to in, in, in infiltrate all of your heart all of your being it brings a joy and a pleasure that can sat truly satisfy that natural things could never do could never touch I remember when I would 
drink myself to an oblivion thinking I was having a good time only trying to mask all of my insecurities, hurt and pain. See, there's this there's this principle in the kingdom of God that says that whatever a man sows, that he shall reap. Galatians chapter 6, 17. That if we sow according to the flesh, then we reap according to the flesh. God shall not be mocked. Whatever we are, we will produce. And then I would consume this alcohol or pot or lust of the flesh, whatever it is, trying to fill a void inside. And then here's the reality that I really begin to understand is that, that it's, it's all fool's gold, man. It's fool's gold. See, the enemy of your soul takes a nice, beautiful can and he spray paints that thing that, that he doesn't really want you to see the truth behind the veil. So he coats it in enough gold, glitter, and, and silver so that you'll actually pour and invest yourself into that so that when you walk away with it and then you try to cash it in, it has no value. And it leaves you empty and void. And I'm not picking on the poison of drug, sex, and alcohol, and rock and roll. It just happened to be my vice. Yours may be pride, greed, and selfishness. See, the life you're living today is the accumulation of the decisions you made yesterday. And if you want a better tomorrow, then make a better decision today. Your tomorrow is not coincidental. It will be according to the faith that you put into God right now. And the first step is repentance. just want to take back what Satan has tried to do to that beautiful word and make it so negative and make it seem so hard and make it seem so difficult. Repentance is a beautiful word. Because see, if I can repent of a thing, then I no longer have to carry the burden of that thing. Because see, Jesus took whatever I could repent of and he took it to the cross and then I no longer carry it. He carries it. I carry his burden and his yoke, which is light and easy. That's for you and every person watching around the world. He's saying, I want to kiss you with the kisses of my mouth for my love is more delightful than wine. 
Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Last week, I talked about taking the alabaster jar of our heart and bringing it to the feet of Jesus and breaking open what only he has given to you. And I said something to the effect of that everybody's worrying about the boxes that someone else has created rather than worrying about the one box that God gave them to break. The worship that's right here. I'm going to tell you something right now, whether you agree with me or not, is irrelevant. But I'm going to give you some truth. There are people who are saved in their head, but not in their heart. And you're saying, how can that be so? Knowledge does not equal understanding. How do you know that you're saved? Because the inward witness of the Holy Spirit speaks to your inner man. Not to your head, but to your heart, to your spirit. And when that revelation begins to work inside of you, that will bring a myriad of emotions to your body. You might cry, you might shout, you might laugh, you might dance, but I assure you right now, you will have something happen. There will be a divine exchange. Jesus tells us, in, in, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, that, that any man who is in Christ is a new creation. If we are a new creation, then that means that all things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. It means that that new man inside of you, that new baby inside of you, your spirit that has been what we call reborn is now hungry it's hungry what are you hungry for what are you thirsty for see a mind that is intellectually saved does not have to hunger for the things of the spirit because it's head knowledge but whenever you're born again in your spirit you're hungry to walk after the Spirit. You say, where's that theology coming from? Well, let me just, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Turn over into your Bible to Romans. Chapter 8. Because it's my daughter's birthday tomorrow and it feels great. Romans chapter 7. Let me pick up here and then I'm going to read you a block of truth. And maybe this is one of the reasons why we have ignorance in the body of Christ is because we take one little small verse out of the Bible and try to build a whole sermon around it. And we end up leaving people confused because people aren't going home and reading their Bible for themselves. You know, in the Catholic Church... That was one of the problems. The great reformer Martin Luther came on the scene to say every common person needs to be able to read the word of God for themselves. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a, with, a, with a pastor and a leader being in the position I am, but let me tell you right now, I want to point you to the shepherd because if you're following sheep, you're going to get led astray. And you're going to be seriously disappointed. When your pastor can't meet your expectations... Because he won't. 
Romans chapter 7 verse 14, Paul says, We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. What I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Anybody been there? Some of y'all are like, I was there 10 minutes before walking in this building. I've been there. And if you do what I, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good as it is. It is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. Nature. Key word there. Nature. Say it together. Nature. Sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. That is you unborn again. You not having the spirit of God inside of you. You not having a new nature. You're sitting in a chair of immorality and destruction. You can look at a good thing. You can see a holy thing, but you can't get out of the chair. As much as you want to, as much as you see it, you can't. You can't. You are shackled to it. For what I do is the good I want to do. No, the evil I do, not what I want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. And this is where you start getting a little shaping of your identity. This is that part where you, God begins to start talking to you about who you really are, not what you do. Because see, that's sin living in you. That's not who you are. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war. Anybody ever felt like in a war in your body? Come on. Come on, are we, 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 we re being real tonight? A war inside, within my members. He says, the law of my mind in making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. What a wretched woman you are. Because I'm not going to say I'm a woman. I'm a man. <laughs> you can take that as deep as you need to. Who will rescue me from this body of death? And right there is the quintessential question that humanity needs to be asking. Who will rescue us from this pit of hell, this death? Thanks be to God. Through who? Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. Not Buddha, not Muhammad, not our government. Not your mama, your daddy, your aunt, your uncle. Jesus Christ. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. And then so many people kind of stop right there and then they begin to justify why they can't get out of a life of sin. Jesus did not go to the cross so you and I could stay shackled to a lifestyle of sin. He went to the cross so we can begin to experience the kisses of his mouth. And this is how it, and this is how we do it. Right here. Right here. Chapter 8, if we just keep reading. 
Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Freedom. Freedom. Not dangling something out here in front of us that we can't actually touch, taste, feel, and live that reality. I'm tired of living a Christianity that says, well, one day in the sweet by and by. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that if I have crucified myself with Christ, then I have died to my former ways and that I shall now live in Christ. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, say nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man. Why? Because God was going to make him a perfect sacrifice for you and I. He is our bench hitter. You and I could not take the ball out of the park. So he put somebody to the plate who could swing the stick hard enough and take this thing and end the game. Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to what the spirit now if y'all want to get down with a p-hop party this is how we fit to get down by the spirit nobody is going to live right before God I'm not going to live right before you you are not going to live right with each other unless it is done according to the spirit unless I have eyes to see and ears to hear to see you the way the father sees you I can't see you the way the father sees you unless I have spirit eyes you say well how how does all that really how does that really make sense well, let's just back this back up to the nature. My sin nature or a new nature. See, a born again person with a new nature can still do bad. But he is not going to live in that bad. Because see, he has a new nature. A bad person who is not born again might do good things sometimes but they will not lay their life down unconditionally how do i know this because i know as a man of god who has a revelation of unconditional love the understanding of the fruit of the spirit the understanding of walking in love mercy and justice on the days that I get offended, hurt, and wounded by friendly fire or someone in the world, do I respond out of my flesh because I'm trapped inside of this body? Or do I respond according to the spirit that's inside of me? See, if you're not born again, you can't do that. 
You can't do that. Right here, verse 5. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the Spirit is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. However, you, my brothers and sisters, we are not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, but if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. See, Galatians says, whatever a man sows, that he shall reap, that if he sows according to the flesh, he shall reap what he has sown. And here is the beautiful thing and the power behind repentance. There's, you know, if you back this whole thing up to Genesis chapter one, you find out that when God created plants and animals, what did he say? He said, I, creation, <laughs> my version, I'm putting seed inside of you. Now reproduce according to your kind. That's what it says in Genesis chapter 1. I put seed inside of you. Now reproduce according to your kind. And see, as sin entered into the human equation, all of a sudden, all the seed that you and I have inside of us is corrupted. All, every, every, anything that we plant, any seed we release is only going to bring death and destruction. This, this, this is the reality. See, he put seed inside of us. He gave us the ability to reproduce and so when satan came and deceived eve and brought sin into the earth everything that man began to plant and to sow brought death what was the very first thing cain and abel what happened death and jesus comes on the scene and he says to nicodemus you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. See, when you are born again, you now have the ability to produce life-giving seed. You have the ability to reproduce the likeness and the nature of who Jesus Christ is in the earth. See, you have the choice as a born-again believer. You can sow your flesh but you will never be happy. You will never be satisfied because you now have eyes to see and ears to hear to know that that brings death. I, I cannot live that way. It's why you're eternally frustrated whenever you don't meet the mark. And it's the beauty of the power of repentance because see, I can repent of a thing and walk free and not walk in condemnation. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus.
But here's the question. What are you going to sow into your future? I told you a while ago that your today is the accumulation of the decisions you made yesterday. And your tomorrow will get better based on the decision you make tonight. See, I don't want to train you to simply to try to figure out how to not sow according to your flesh, like picking that apart. Repentance is your way of praying for crop failure, bro. You got all this seed. You've planted all this seed and you got a harvest full of, you know what I'm saying, not good stuff. See, when you repent, man, it's like the Lord just burning that field. And now you have an opportunity to decide what you want to sow. Now, if I take the word of God according to what the word of God says, I mean, Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says, whatever a man sow that he shall reap. So if I don't have a great, if I don't have great relationships with people, then maybe I need to begin to sow good relationship in order to reap good relationships. Let me tell you something else, man. I just, I feel I'm at the plate tonight, dude. It's like, pow, just hitting this thing. Some may return and some may not, but that's all right. We'll still be here. <laughs> Thinking that you're going to have a great relationship and you're having premarital sex with that person is not going to produce anything good. It will only breed insecurity, fear, rejection, and destruction in the person you think you want to marry. It will only bring hurt and pain. I'm going to hit you with another one. Thinking that you can give and invest yourself into a dating relationship and being unequally yoked with a person. It's like you, you, you think that, that somehow sowing according to the flesh, like you think, well, they're smart, they're witty, they're funny, they look sharp, they look handsome, they look beautiful, they're sexy, they're, they're fun to be around, but you have no fruit of the kingdom or the spirit of God. If you sow a relationship based on those things, you will reap the fruit of those things. Here's what we have to understand. God is not setting us up for failure. God has given us a way to set us up for success. He's given us the best investment plan we can invest our life into. It's not fool's gold. See, the enemy of your soul wants you to invest your best into something that ultimately, if you took the time to scratch down deep enough, you would begin to see that this is fake, phony, and void. And it's going to leave you empty. But if you take the time, if you take the moment, 
and say, I'm going to cast all my hope, all my faith, all my care at the cross of Jesus Christ. And begin to experience the kisses of his mouth. Then you'll really find out who you are. What you're called to be. And you won't spend 20 years of your life. Only to wake up one day going who am I still today. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and it will bear bad fruit. That the tree will produce according to what it is. I just want you to bow your head for just a moment. Here's what I want you to take a moment and hear the Father calling you to this place right here. He has already looked at our condition and he has seen sin in man. He sees the destruction that sin brings. And he said, I am unwilling to let you grovel in inability to conquer sin. He said, I'm going to send my son to die for you so that you now can live by his spirit. If you've not had a huge encounter with the Holy Spirit, I implore you, I, I, I encourage you with everything inside of me that says, don't just let this thing called Christianity be cerebral. Don't let it just be locked up inside of your head, but actually begin to ask the question, Holy Spirit, help me understand you. I want to sow into my future. I want to sow into a future that is blessed. And if, if he's giving you seed to sow and, and you're not in liking the harvest you've been reaping, then it's time to take the seeds of life that he's been giving you. He, if you've not been reaping joy, if you haven't been reaping peace, then begin to sow joy and begin to sow peace. Stop waiting for somebody to come into your field and start sowing what you only you can sow for yourself. Husbands, if your marriages are failing, stop waiting for your wife to start planting the seeds of fruitfulness. Get down on your knees and repent before God and decide you want to be an Ephesian husband and lay your life down for your wife as Christ did the church. Plant that seed in the center of the garden of your marriage and watch a miracle come up.
you have not seen miracles happening around your family and around your friends and in your workplace, then begin sowing the seeds to reap miracles. What does that seed look like? It looks like your faith encountering that person and with the boldness of the Holy Spirit inside of you, make a stand and tell them the truth. Tell them that Jesus loves them and that he has the answer to whatever they're going through. For years, let me give you some transparency here. For years, couldn't figure out why my wife just dealt with some fears. Maybe, I don't know how many other women feel this way. You walk into a bathroom and it's just kind of creepy. There's a bunch of stalls in there. But it's just a bathroom. Why should that be so like scary and weird? And like, But when you watch CSI and Special Victims Unit every night, Every night, every night, reruns of every night. All of a sudden, your mind, you've planted seeds of your own destruction in the stall of a bathroom somewhere. You, are you tracking with me? But it's amazing whenever you cut that off and you remove that from your life, you take the IV of that pumping the lies into your system. All of a sudden, you now have control of your thought life again. Men, do you know what would happen if we just kind of turn off some of the boob tube stuff, man? Let's just be real. Do you know what would happen if we just cut the media off out of our life for a season and not have that garbage just coming into our eyes? We wouldn't have the battle of lust nearly as strong as what sometimes we feel it. Let's be real. We want to take our nation back. We want to take our city back. But I'm telling you right now, if we don't go at this the right way, we will get our butts kicked. It's like a football team trying to show up to game night, but they haven't practiced their plays, man. They're going to eat your lunch. But I'm here to tell you right now, the church, the church of Jesus Christ that says, I'm going to live by the spirit of the almighty God, that I'm going to lay my life down. I'm going to discover him intimately. I'm going to know the kisses of his mouth. I'm going to know the power of repentance. I'm going to know what it feels like to decide that to my tomorrow will be different because of the choice and the decision I make tonight, that I'm no longer going to play a religious game, but I'm going to get serious with God and let God get serious with me. And I'm going to begin to hit this prayer room here. I'm going to hit the prayer room at my house. I'm going to pray with my neighbor. I'm going to pray with my friend. I'm going to grab the dog, man. I'm going to pray with my dog if I can't get somebody to agree with me. But I'm going to get Jesus. Stand to your feet, man. Come on. Let's just. Mm. You know what I want to do, man? I just, I, I just feel so much freedom. Would everybody just get out of your seat for a moment just get out of your seat walk up here to the front get in the aisles just mix and mingle just seriously let's get out of what we think is so normal just get out of your comfort zone make room come on up here to the front just move about and why am i doing this because it's time to just tear down a little bit of walls of religion man it's time to realize that we are a family, we are a congregation, we are a group of believers, and I can't get to where I need to be without you, and you can't get to where you need to be without each other. We need, as, the, as Hebrew says, we need to warn each other why we still have the time to encourage each other to walk by the Spirit. 
And you know what? I know sometimes it's kind of like, wow, dude, y'all do things differently here. This is not like normal church. Well, I'll never be like normal church because Jesus was not like the normal Jesus that everybody was waiting on. He just wasn't. It's amazing to me. Well, Jesus, if you would have come this way, we would have listened to your message. And if Jesus, if you would have done this, then we would have, you know. No, Jesus said, here I am. Eat my flesh and drink my blood if you want to run with me. That's what he said. So here's what we're going to do, man. We're going to pray for each other right now. Turn around. Find somebody next to you right now. And let's decide that we want something to change. Let's pray. Seriously. Find somebody. Find somebody right now. And let's just pray. Let's just ask God to move. Let's just ask God to be here with us. Let's decide that we want to sow some seed tonight. Because we want to reap a new harvest. It doesn't matter if you know them or not. The Spirit of God knows them. Let's sow some seed of hope. Let's sow some seed of righteousness. Let's sow some seed of peace and joy. Let's sow the power of God right now. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. God, we just thank you right now for a touch of your presence, God. We thank you for a touch of your glory, God. We can't do this apart from you.